Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Ever since Russia invaded Ukraine in February, Europe has tried to reduce its dependence on Russian natural gas supplies. On Tuesday, though, those efforts took a major hit. The Freeport LNG plant, located in Texas, one of the country's most important liquefied natural gas export facilities, announced it would take several months to repair a terminal that was damaged from a fire and explosion last week. As you may have seen or heard, natural gas prices in the U.S. plummeted while prices in Europe rose significantly. To make sense of the markets, how President Joe Biden is responding, and what this means for the U.S. as an LNG exporter, I chat with Politico's Ben Lefebvre. It's Thursday, June 16th. So, Ben, U.S. natural gas prices plunged on Tuesday in large part because of this announcement from the Freeport LNG terminal in Texas that it's going to take much longer than expected for the facility to restart exports after an explosion. So why are prices dropping in the U.S. like they are? Because Freeport exported about 2 percent of the total U.S. natural gas production, So with that gas staying on shore, not going to Europe, that's driving down prices. It's going to have a twofold effect. I mean, the U.S. has gas, and now that we've got more, prices will drop a little bit and have dropped. But over in Europe, where they need gas, this loss of a pretty big source of natural gas imports into Europe has driven up prices pretty high going into summer. Yeah. And now globally, though, it's another story entirely, right? So natural gas prices are rising and that has big implications for Europe in particular. Correct. Europe has been trying to get away from Russian gas and oil since Russia invaded Ukraine. I think Europe realized that with half of their natural gas supply or imports coming from Russia, a country that they no longer really trust to be politically neutral with their energy supplies, they should start looking elsewhere. And Freeport LNG had been one of the major suppliers. They had been shipping, I think it was like three quarters of their gas to Europe. That is a big deal as the Biden administration and and other countries are trying to help Europe kick the Russian gas habit. It's not a big deal right now per se for Europeans. I mean, I guess it is. I mean, the prices are going up over there, but demand isn't where it would normally be going into winter, which is when everyone's trying to get gas over there, but they're trying to fill up the European natural gas storage tanks like around 85% of capacity. So this, more than anything, makes that more difficult. They won't be able to fill the storage tanks as quickly as they might have. But given that it's still fairly mild temperatures, I think in most parts of Europe, the demand there from regular consumers isn't high, but it is high from the companies that are trying to get gas into the storage tanks before winter sets in. Gotcha. And then turning back to the U.S., so the drop in U.S. natural gas prices as a result of this incident has raised a policy debate on whether increasing LNG exports is good for U.S. consumers. So are people starting to question the U.S. role as an energy exporter? I think more what this is doing is kind of restarting the old debate that's been going on since the U.S. became an LNG exporter out of the lower 48 states. There is a line of thought that basically by sending so much gas to foreign markets, 
that you're increasing the cost for the domestic consumer who utilities now have to bid against the likes of Japan or Germany for gas. If you can get more money to send gas via an LNG cargo ship over to the Netherlands, it'll take that much more money for uh, utility in the U.S. to buy that gas. So it's restarted that debate. It kind of went away for a while as the U.S. natural gas supply kept ticking upward and prices stayed really low. So there's a little bit of because of the of the Russian issue, I think there had been a little bit of a hesitancy among Democrats like Senator Elizabeth Warren or independent Senator Angus King to really push this point as prices were going up. But you kind of get this real world example of when Freeport goes totally offline. Some of the critics might say, well, look, we've got a real life example of what happens if we curb export. So I'm kind of expecting this issue to come up even more when and if the Russian invasion of Ukraine winds down one way or the other. And this news from Freeport obviously complicates U.S. efforts to help Europe cut its dependence on Russian gas, as we touched on a bit earlier. Senator Joe Manchin has raised concerns about this when I asked him about it Tuesday. So do you have any insight into the Biden administration's long-term plan to find a replacement for this Freeport LNG, and if that's even going to be necessary? It's not really going to be feasible. I mean, there are already plants and expansions of existing plants under construction. So we're already expecting more plans to come online. Freeport said on Tuesday that it's going to be down for 90 days and then it will bring up some of its operations, but it won't be completely back online until maybe the end of this year, which is kind of a problem for the short term. But it's, you know, you're not like going to go start building a new LNG facility tomorrow. And, that, you know, even if you could do that, you couldn't expect to get it up and running anytime soon, not by the end of the year. I think what Manchin was talking about was trying to have more LNG plants in the future. So if one goes offline, it wouldn't be that big of an outsized influence on the market. But like I said, I think what's going to happen perhaps is that critics of LNG exports are going to really bring this up in the future. I'd be curious to see if we're going to see kind of renewed opposition to new LNG permits going out. Right now, there's plenty of permits out there. The U.S. still looks poised to become the number one LNG exporter by the end of this year. It's, you know, it's a big disruption, but it's, it's a relatively short-term disruption from Freeport. Also, on Wednesday, the Environmental Protection Agency warned that a group of forever chemicals found in drinking water, cosmetics, and food packaging are a great danger to human health, even at near-zero levels. Because of this new information about a particular class of chemicals called PFAS, EPA is now issuing advisories that aim to encourage additional voluntary action to reduce exposure, while the agency prepares to propose a drinking water regulation later this year. For context, studies have connected PFAS chemicals with a variety of health risks, including cancer, developmental issues, and negative impacts on the immune and cardiovascular systems. Moving forward, the health advisories from EPA do not require any mandatory action, but can be used by states and utilities to monitor drinking water and work to reduce PFAS levels. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow.
Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.